Hello, Rev Brad here, and you're listening to Soccer Chaplains United's podcast from the Touchline. Today, I have a special guest with me, Chaplain Jubal McDaniel. Jubal volunteers with the Tacoma Defiance of the USL Championship, Division II soccer here in the United States. And Jubal shares some insights into what makes Tacoma defiant and how the season is just getting underway for this team that he serves. So don't go anywhere. We get started right after this. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're the angle. And what a goal! What a goal! Jubal McDaniel, welcome. First time, well, I guess this would be your second time on the podcast since uh, we spoke a couple weeks ago doing the USL preview. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, those that are listening cannot see. We're recording this on Zoom, and so Jubal, I'm I'm amazed. I'm I'm looking at you, and I I don't know that I've ever known that you had tattoos. So. Tell me a little bit about your tats that you have. Uh, anything of significance, anything special about your your tattoos? Uh, I would say the one that probably stands out the most is I have the French pea uh, from Veggie Tales. Um, so this is the little guy that's throwing the slushy off the wall at Joshua. Um, so I, I do have that French pea. Um, what what inspired you to get the little French pea throwing the slushy? <laughs> so every other tattoo that I had up to that point was all black and white, nothing of color, uh, and was uh, not necessarily somber, but was rather serious. And so I needed something to highlight the character and color in my personality as well, ah, outside okay. of just that seriousness. So I needed a little bright spot. And at that moment in my life, it sounded like a great idea. And uh, in working with kids, it's actually become quite a highlight. So yeah, you can tell you can tell them the story. And uh, yeah, that's that's one of my favorites is uh, those little pea guys. Those they're because there are a few of them, aren't there? Yeah, There's more than are. one. And so yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Jubal, um, you know, last time you were on the show with a bunch of other USL Championship chaplains, so we didn't get a chance to get to know you per se. Um, would love to get to know you a little bit, your story, some of our listeners and where they hail from, uh, maybe in the Tacoma area, but, uh, you yourself do not hail from Tacoma. So, uh, just kind of start with your story wherever you'd like to, but, uh, share with us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I, I'm initially from Austin, Texas. Um, actually just got a t-shirt, uh, from a former stepdad of the new Austin FC. Oh, okay, so is Austin going to be your MLS team? No, no. Okay, Who, who's your MLS team? Is that Seattle then? It is Seattle all the way. Okay, and okay. The reason being, so I moved to Washington in 2009 and uh, was not supporting soccer or playing at the time. And um, we, my wife and I went to a Sounders game in 2011 and that's when everything kind of kicked off for me. And so uh, I adopted the Sounders because I was already here 
mm. and not previously supporting uh, anyone back in Texas. So well, that's where everything kind of kicked off for me. Now, now there is, there is, there's been soccer in Austin for a long time. Um, right. The Austin as, Aztecs, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. What league do they play in? Were they in the USL or were they in NASL? What? That's a good question. I can't recall exactly. Uh, but you've also had, you've got a team in San Antonio and then you've got two other MLS teams in Texas. Yeah. Dallas, Houston, um, and now Austin. So three MLS teams there. Um, yeah. Is there any pull for you? I mean, Austin even has, you know, what are they team Verde? I mean, there's a little bit of green there. You could, (laughs) you could maybe make the transition color wise because Seattle's green, although they're more the Emerald city. Um, Yeah, I, there's there's no way I could go back. I'm too, I'm in too deep now. You're enmeshed. Well, and Seattle has enough championships and and high quality about them that uh, you you don't want to go with the rookie necessarily anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm more Seattle than than Austin at this point. With my wife being from here, my kids being born here, this is this is home. So. This is yeah, it's home. So so Jubal, what um as 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 we think about the season beginning um, you guys just played this past weekend um, got a draw with galaxy Two, Tacoma defiance. Now we're talking. Um, tell me about the game. That was great. Um, en- enjoyed the game. Uh, it was nice to see them get started. I know the players were anxious to get started. They kind of came in late to the season, you know, and a couple other teams had, had already played a match or two, um, prior to Tacoma getting in there. Um, I know it's hard to open on the road, um, but, but it was a great game. They stuck in it and uh, were able to get a penalty literally at the, at the last whistle, and uh, Sissoko puts it away for the, for the draw. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I saw that they had scored like at the death pretty much, but uh, didn't know it was a penalty. So good job for them and, uh, and, and securing a point on the road that that can be a challenge to uh, to start out, um, kind of trailing and getting behind. Who who for t- who for the defiance? Who would you say is sort of the rival their rival team in the West? Because you, you you've got a couple big heavy hitters that uh, you guys go up against. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of been one of the questions that's been tossed around during preseason and kind of heading into this year uh, with. T2 kind of going on hiatus and um, not being in the league this year. Uh, that was the next question about who was, who was that going to be? And I, th- I think personally, it's probably going to be Sacramento uh, with us in some division and um, having some really tight games um, last season. Um, I think uh, between them and Reno was going to be some really tight games and, and probably who we're going to see those next uh, rivalries formed against. Nice. Nice. And uh, for Tacoma, do they travel by plane mainly, or do they ever bust any of the, their matches? Do you know? Uh, by plane mainly. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know uh, sometimes for those that don't listen, travel for footballers here in the U S is quite different from how it is in other parts of the world where maybe, Maybe a team goes by coach. Uh, we do a lot of air travel here, which can be a challenge at the USL 
levels because you're often making many connecting flights to get somewhere. Um, and but as the leagues grow and expand, uh, that travel will will kind of get condensed or be pushed more into regional regional travel. So that'll that'll make it easier. Well, Jubal, so you are one of our newest chaplains with Soccer Chaplains United, and uh, going back to last year is kind of when when the placement kind of happened with Tacoma. Um, tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you uh, just being part of Soccer Chaplains United. Have we even hit, I guess we, we'd be a little bit more than six months now, but, um, yeah, what, what's, what's it been like to be part of soccer chaplains United and, and, uh, what's that meant uh, for you? It's been fantastic. I've, I've really appreciated, uh, the warm welcome overall. There's a very tight knit community, a very deep family within soccer chaplains United. And, uh, I've been welcomed with open arms and, it's also nice to know that I'm not the only one that's the newest. Um, so there are others that are kind of in my class per se. Um, and, and definitely a lot of opportunity to learn. And there is a lot of wisdom here that is willing um, and ready to be shared if needed. And that's something that, that I've really appreciated uh, with this being kind of a new role and, and still getting my feet wet and grounded with the team. It's, uh, it's so nice to have people from all different backgrounds, all different levels of soccer um, and experience with chaplaincy and, and pastoral roles uh, that you can kind of press into and lean into when needed. Um, and I'm just really excited about continuing to get involved with the club and, and serving. There's a lot of excitement around the conversations I've had thus far and, and really looking forward to continuing to build those relationships this season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, certainly Jubal, you have, uh, you do have a class that you've kind of come in with. I hadn't quite thought of it that way, but, uh, you know, I see you, so I see you pushing yourself to the front of the class there. So that's, <laughs> that's great. And, uh, don't tell the other guys. No. Um, uh, Jubal, one of the ways that you've, uh, you've kind of struck a chord or, or started out well was, uh, and we just posted this story, I think it was last week, but, uh, you had a great, great uh, moment with uh, getting the team started with some hospitality bags. Share a little bit more about, I mean, I mean, this idea, you and I kind of worked on it together, but uh, what ended up going into those bags for the team? Yeah, we, so we had come up with this idea of a way to, initially we talked about welcoming new players to Tacoma. Um, within the USL, there's a lot of transition in and out of off season and so when players are coming in, a way to welcome them to the city um, and to the club is with with a gift bag and to just say, you know, hey, here's who I am. Here's a couple goodies. Um, excited to have you here. And just a, a, a way to introduce yourself in a very practical way. And that grew into let's celebrate the start of the season with me not being able to be physically present with the team um, due to COVID guidelines and restrictions and things, how can we kind of celebrate the season with them? Um, and then also build on the Zoom introduction that I had with the players and staff last October in a way to kind of help cement and, and, and secure um, that relationship. And so within these gift bags, 
uh, win a variety of different items. So I actually had a, a one color for players, another color for, for coaches and staff. And in the player bag, um, they had things like these uh, cookie sticks that had, you know, some fun icing on them. They had a pack of gum. There were um, some high chew. We did uh, like some fruit leather, just kind of a variety of different little snacky things, things that would be somewhat healthy, not too bad. Um, and nothing with nuts, right? You got to be really, really careful with allergies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote uh, a hand card to each player and personalized it with their name. Uh, maybe something I wanted to say to them. Maybe I needed to reintroduce myself. And then I included my card um, in there as well. Then for coaches, I actually roasted um, some coffee. So I roast with chapter four coffee and nice. uh, put a bag of coffee in, in each of those. And then nothing goes better with coffee than chocolate. Um, so I put some chocolates in there and then, you know, just a bag of popcorn and uh, also wrote a note to each of them and, and was letting know that I'm, I'm here to support them too. And I'm um, included in my card so they could contact me as well. And each one got a name tag on it, tied it up real nice with a, with a bow and everything was all in team colors. It was great. Wow. Wow. What now, how long did it take you to, you know, get the bags, write the notes, roast the coffee? I mean, what what are we talking here? Just so people have an idea. Yeah. I mean, the, the time invested wasn't actually too bad. Um, it was more trying to think about what was appropriate to put in there and kind mm. of what they would enjoy. I went back and forth on a lot of ideas on trying to be more practical as opposed to being fun and um, so overall, it probably took me about, I would say, five to 10 hours total with putting the bags together, writing all the cards, making name tags, roasting the coffee, um, and then was able to drive it up to the training facility to be passed out. Yeah, nice, nice. For, for those that don't know and don't realize, when, uh, and Jubal, you mentioned this, that there's a lot of transition in the USL, in the league itself. So so players, staff, even coaches, they move around quite a bit, quite frequently. Um, sometimes it's about opportunity. Sometimes it's about wage. Sometimes contracts just aren't very long lived there. So you're constantly on the move. You're constantly moving to new places. And so it can be a great, a great uh, moment to kind of reach out and yeah, just give a little bit of a welcome, show a little bit of hospitality and, um, I know in previous years I've with with uh, people coming to Denver. I've sometimes put in um, fun activities like things to do in Denver, and and again putting that thought into you know does someone have children? Are they are they what age group are they? Where are they going to be living in and around the city? And uh, Denver is probably a, a bit bigger than Tacoma, but you still you're giving people a feel for. Here's the city. Here's the region. Here's the environment. Let me introduce you as best as I can. I've even in some years taken guys uh, camping. Uh, it's it's funny because some of the uh, African players that uh, have have come to the rapids they uh, they fear going up in the mountains. They think bears live everywhere and they're going to eat you. So <laughs> sometimes I've just had to to get rid of some of those uh, those misnomers or stereotypes and overcome those. But uh, when you introduce someone to uh, where you live and show them hospitality, it it can mean a world for them and it can help them feel more comfortable and. I don't know. I think it helps teams get off on a, on a good 
a good foot, so to speak. Uh, players that feel comfortable um, tend to play better, um, live better, feel better, and so uh, those are all helpful things in Juba. What, in in fact, your your uh, your bag idea, I think, is kind of making some waves with some of our other chaplains as they start thinking about how can I do this for my team and and uh, what special, unique things can I capture and cultivate from from where we are to uh, to pass on. So Great. good job. Yeah, and I think, you know, outside of that, because I got a lot of feedback uh, from staff and players just about how thoughtful it was. And, you know, that's the beauty, again, of a gift bag is that you can make it whatever you want to be. You can make it look however you want. You can put whatever you want in it, and it can be as small or as big as you want it to be. But, you know, for these guys, they they live and work – in a performance environment where a lot of their, their identity, their relationships are defined by performance uh, between each other and, and how they're perceived based on that performance. And so to have something like this, that's, I care about you as a person and I thought about you and I'm here to support, even though I may not be there, but I'm always here and I'm excited for you and I'm rooting for you and I'm here for anything you need. Like that kind of stuff is, is, is missed. And so there was, I think a lot of that came out of, you know, just, wow, you know, this, this was, there wasn't a, I didn't earn this. It was just given to me because somebody's thinking about me and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. To go even one step further, Jubal, if we think about it, Players that play uh, elite football, they play sport at at these kinds of levels. They're always asked to give of themselves. Um, hey, can I have your autograph? Hey, can I have your jersey? Hey, can I have your boots? Hey, can I have? Can I have? And so, athletes, coaches, in in, in these spaces are constantly giving of themselves, and very rarely do they receive a gift that doesn't come with some sort of string agenda or attachment. Yeah. Every once in a while you'll hear a story of, you know, an athlete or a superstar maybe getting a car from a dealership, you know, but, but then they're expected to promote or be a sponsor or be a spokesperson. And so Usually gifts and, and things are tied into certain things uh, related to an athlete's status or, or position. Uh, so when they receive something, a gift that comes um, without any strings, without any agenda, uh, it's really a way of, of showing care, and love, and support, as you've said, for them. And so, yeah, well done. It, it, can be, it can be, sometimes there's a little skepticism too in terms of receiving things. People might go, oh, what does this guy want out of me? But um, given a chance, we, we get an opportunity to show that we're just there to love and care and support for them. So yeah, that's awesome. Now, Jubal, you, uh, in addition to the work you are doing in a volunteer role with the Defiance, you coach football, soccer, um, in the Tacoma area and, and do some of the coaching, um, share, how, how is that kind of integrated in with your, your work with the defiance or, or, you know, what, what are some of the things that you're doing? I know Washington's kind of been shut down in terms of, 
coaching and in, in person type of stuff for most of last year. But, uh, how, how is the coaching environment right now for you? Yeah, it's been, it's slowly, 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 slowly starting to open. Um, I was lucky enough to, to have two seasons, uh, this year, one with my high school girls team and, and then also with my junior high girls team. Uh, those seasons were were shifted in terms of timeline and then condensed. Um, so normally at the high school level, we'd have a season that would last about, you know, 12 to 18 weeks. And this time it was six. Um, same with the junior high, we're usually about eight to 10 weeks and it was down into three or four. Um, so it's it poses quite a challenge in terms of approaching the season where you're playing two to three games a week, you know, back to back to back um, with a, with a small roster. But, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to play and, and had great seasons. And, um, and I think overall, despite everything and, and, and how this ties into to chaplaincy is that a lot of the success, a lot of what we got out of this season was more mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual, um, rather than necessarily results. Mm. Uh, we had great results, developed fantastically on the field. Um, but what we saw happen in the lives of these girls over the season was, was really worth it. And, I had, and to me, I had some of the best years coaching this year than I've ever had, just based on what I heard from these girls say to each other and, and how their lives were changed uh, because of that. And I'm blessed to coach at a Christian school, but, but for me and, and in tying that into and how it works with the club is that my heart is to really look after the total player and, and, and have those types of moments where you're doing a lot of coaching, um, not on the field because you're helping them with life stuff. You're helping them with, with school stuff and, and a lot of these defiance players are the same ages, you know, the average age is between 15 and 20. And so a lot of these kids are still in school, they're living at home. And, uh, you know, they're professionals. Um, but, but that's the thing is, is helping coach them um, and, and being that care and counselor um, when they need it. So for me, it's, it's, it's been a good year. It's been a different year. Um, but we've been able to work around it and, and seeing God do some pretty amazing things. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, this this past year has been a real challenge for the younger person in terms of stability, the things of familiarity where they've been, uh, they've had structure and things around them like school, uh, like their team, team sports. Those things have been stripped away and and there's been a lot of isolation and um, and, and, and a lot of reports of, you know, feeling extra lonely. Uh, I think, I think loneliness is, is key to, to some of the younger generation right now, just in terms of how they feel the effects of social media and such, but without getting too much into those things, what are some ways that you, you saw, I mean, were your players just really hungry to come and, and be together again and whether it was training or playing a game what did you sense in them sort of this desire for community or how did how did you see that flesh out or work out yeah we definitely saw that um this season 
And I, I think that contributed even more uh, to what we would norm- normally have in, in a regular season where the team, in essence, becomes the second family, especially when we're in the middle of a season. You know, we're, we're trading almost every day. Um, we travel together. You know, we're playing games, all those sorts of things that all goes into it. Um, and so, yeah, there was, there was definitely an excitement to be back on the field, but the enjoyment of just being together on the field was, was really above and beyond that. And, and that's really what made the season for them. And it was great to see, great to have them be able to, to do that and um, look forward to, to seeing what happens next. Nice. Nice. Well, Jubal, the Defiance get set for their home opener tomorrow. Um, tell us a little bit, for those that aren't familiar with Tacoma, what, what's a home, ca- a home game in, in Tacoma with the Defiance? What's that like? What kind of environment? Um, just even, what's Tacoma like for, the, for those that maybe aren't familiar with Tacoma? Yeah, so Tacoma as a city um, is, is very port-based um, back, you know, historically, a lot of shipbuilding. Um, there's a big port here. There's a port in Seattle. Um, so a lot of, a lot of international stuff comes in and out of Tacoma. And this city is very blue collar in terms of its community, um, which makes it very gritty. Um, and, and so a lot of its nicknames, uh, in, in how it's, in how it's looked at is based on that grit. Um, where, you know, the, the name, the Tacoma Defiance really, uh, forms into that. And so the, the club statement is defiantly Tacoma Hmm. and it's, it's all about being defiant and, and being gritty about standing up tall, about fighting to the end. You know, that's what we saw against the match with the galaxy fighting to the end and being gritty. And that, that really fuels into the stadium on a match day. Um, they do play in a baseball stadium, um, but it's a really, really unique setup uh, where they bring in really nice uh, grass turf and, and put that stuff down and, and have it shaped out. They also share the stadium with the OL Rain and the NWSL. Um, but it, it's a very, very uh, fun atmosphere, very family friendly. You see lots of kids running around. They do have kind of the baseball outfield. So you'll constantly see kids there there's a playground in the stadium um so there it's a very very cool place to be especially for young families and and people that are kind of just getting into soccer um but for those that that have been supporting for a while it does get a bit rowdy you know there's flags there's colored smoke there's all that sort of stuff that really goes into that vibe and um they love to be defiant and and we love to support them where where does that historically the defiance where where does that come from is that sort of like yeah i know there's rivalry sometimes between seattle and portland right you know or is this a rivalry where tacoma's like you know trying to tell seattle like hey we're here too or or where does that defiance come from historically yeah there is a little bit of that you know one of the things we say locally is that you know tacoma's kind of like the redheaded stepchild of seattle um, you know, always trying to, to have its own self-identity outside of Seattle rather than being looped into one. And uh, 
Um, so yeah, that defiance is very much Tacoma trying to present its own identity saying, yeah, we're, we're kind of messy and we're dirty and we're blue collar and, you know, <laughs> and we're we proud of it. Like, you know, yeah. there's the Tacoma aroma coming off the Puget sound. That's very unique. And it's all saying, you know, we're here to play and, you know, we have our own stuff and, and we can handle ourselves. So, Wow. Wow. Well, that, I think that helps, helps us have a little bit of a insight. How, how for you as a chaplain, um, and, and I don't know if you've given this any thought, but how do you take a team, a team's history, a, a city's history, and how do you leverage that? What, what kind of stories do you tell? What kind of connections to the Bible, to the gospel can you make out of sort of this attitude of defiance or this spirit, this defiant spirit in a sense? Yeah, I think, I think there's a couple ways that that happens. And, and I will say that <clears throat> I'm going to point to this idea of, of like passion and zeal, right? Both of those are very kind of biblical terms. Um, and so when you look at the history of the city as being defiant, right, the club has defined themselves as defiant. Uh, the crest itself is, you know, the big octopus underneath the bridge, you know, just coming out of the water and being defiant. Yeah. Right. And, and really making itself known. Uh, when you take all of that and you look at this young squad uh, who themselves are trying to get their foothold in their professional career, they're trying to find the next spot and, and, and go on and, and play first team football and all these things you know, there's, there's a real passion there. And when you capture that, right, there's a lot of metaphors in the Bible about what it means to be passionate for Jesus, passionate about the gospel. We saw a guy, a guy in Paul who was very zealous, very defiant. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he went on to do amazing things for the kingdom and the early church and, and how he grounded himself, you know, Jesus himself even said that we need to be as shrewd as snakes. You know, there's, there's a defiance there where we, we should stand up and we should be defiant about the right things, but also know when it's appropriate to be silent or to withhold um, or to be at peace uh, with ourselves and others. So there's a lot of balancing there. Um, but, but I think if we can take, the, the passion and defiance and zeal that's built within this club and within this team and help these players to see that that same sort of passion that they're pursuing and chasing and, and the effort that they're putting into their careers can also be used in relation to Christ and his kingdom and his people and his mission. Um, then I, I think that would be a very beautiful thing. Yeah. Nice. Well said, well put, well put Jubal. Well, Jubal, just as we kind of wrap up today, what I'd like you to do is, would you, um, would you pray in advance? Would you pray for the Defiance as they get set to uh, take on the rest of the season? They get set for their home opener tomorrow night. Would you just say a prayer for them and a, and a blessing over the, the city of Tacoma? And then, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Sounds good. Father, we thank you for this time of, of connecting today. We thank you for the opportunity to 
serve, care for, love, and be a light um, both to the city of Tacoma and, and the Tacoma Defiance as a club, as an organization. And Lord, within all of that um, are your people. And we know that your heart is for people and our heart is for your people. And so, Lord, as we continue to serve, I pray that you would give us perseverance, help to give us grit as we serve. Help us not to become distracted or swayed or moved by anything that might stand between us and, and what you've called us to do. But help us to stay steadfast and to stay passionate for your gospel, for your people, or for your church. And as we uh, continue to serve uh, this club and city, Lord, I pray that um, you would watch over the players and staff this season. Lord, continue to give them wisdom um, as they are making a, they had a coaching transition early this year and, and players coming in and now, Lord, be with them in that time and, and continue to provide unity uh, for these players as they come together as one and help them to uh, play free from injury uh, free from distraction or as they travel back and forth this season Lord watch over them um, we pray specifically that you would watch over the loyal Lord as they travel up to Cheney to play and protect them as they come to, to be a part of the match tomorrow and Lord be a part of the organization and help them to continue to have success and to thrive and, and to be um, to continue to provide this avenue of soccer uh, both here in the Puget Sound and beyond. And thank you for this opportunity. And uh, Lord, we we love you and we look to you for strength. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Rev Brad. And Jubal McDaniel. Coming to you from the touchline.